Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. He just didn't drop the mic, right? (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. And all the time. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We honor you. Uh, We give you all glory that is due to your name. We reverence you today. We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you because you're here to bless You're here to challenge. You're here to inspire us. You're here to expose every lie of the enemy. And you are here to establish the truth of the word of God. Lord, speak to us today. Come like fire. Fall like rain. And let Jesus be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so excited about today, and I trust that God will speak to us. Uh, Earlier in March, I think maybe it was the end of February, we started a message series on the principles of uh, kingdom prosperity, sorry. And uh, we... For some reason, never get a chance to close that message. So what I'm going to do today is to close that message. Uh, So Alisa is a complete package. uh, And I will encourage everyone to please get the material. On part one, we talked about the principle of the source. That if you really want to operate in kingdom prosperity, the principle of the source is always very important. All right? We must always stay connected to the source. And God is our source in the kingdom. Amen. Uh, part two, we talk about the pros- uh, prosperity with kingdom purpose. We examined the kingdom purpose for prosperity. And I particularly love Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. I believe one of the reasons, the key reasons God blesses his people is so that we can make his ways to be known on earth. We can make his salvation to be known among all nations. So when we align ourselves with God's purpose, prosperity comes. Amen. And part three, we talked about the kingdom principle for giving, and we look at the Macedonian church as an example, as a template, as people that we can learn from, Uh, uh, because there was a grace of giving to them, uh, that grace of giving that was given to them, rather, by God, that allowed them to exceed expectation and that made them to... Uh, get commendation from the writer of uh, the book of Corinthians, which is Apostle Paul. So I laid this foundation to be able to conclude today because I just want to go through what I call the principles of prosperity, right? Principles of kingdom prosperity, or what I call kingdom principles for prosperity. I mean, there are seven things I will mention. I will run through them, and I trust that you will obviously make notes Hopefully, go back to them. Some of them I will spend more time uh, than the other. But I just want to just lay this foundation so we, as believers, as children of God, can know what is the heart of God. First of all, prosperity is having more than enough. Hallelujah. I want you to say, having more than enough. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you will have more than enough. Tell them, God promises you more than enough. 
Amen. I want you to understand that he says we have life and we have it more abundantly. You know, God's plan is for us to have more than enough. Enough to fulfill God's will for our life. I believe that is the, that's prosperity. Is you having enough to fulfill God's will for our life. You know, God has called us to different aspects, different calling. There's a different purpose for every one of us. God prospers us. He prospers us so we can have enough to fulfill God's will. But he gives us more than enough to be a blessing to others. So that's why he doesn't just give us enough. If we just have enough, then we'll be struggling to just, uh, you know, to just make ends meet. And that's not your portion. If you're here, you say, you know what? I'm, I'm just struggling to make ends meet. That's temporary. That's not God's will for you. Yeah, that might be what you go through for a period of time, but if you stay faithful enough, you're going to have more than enough. Hallelujah. I want to turn to your neighbor and tell them there is more than enough. You know, scarcity was never even occurred in the Bible until later on. When God created man, he gave us everything that we need, everything they needed, and he gave them more than enough. They can eat whatever they want. They can enjoy everything, and there will always be abundance. Scarcity didn't come until Egypt. It was Egypt that uh, Pharaoh had a dream of scarcity. And he had a dream there was going to be seven years of farming and seven years of abundance. Before then, everybody enjoyed because they know that there is more than enough. So in the kingdom, there is more than enough, than enough and that is prosperity. Praise the name of Jesus. Number two, prosperity is part of the redemption package. It's part of the redemption package. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9, the Bible says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. So that you through his poverty. So it is included in the redemption package. So it is so important to God that I included it as part of the benefit of redemption. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. I love that passage. He said, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Curse is everyone who is hung on a pole. Now, he says in verse 14, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So Christ redeemed us so that we, the blessing of Abraham can come to us. First of all, so that curse can be broken. How many of us know in the curse was scarcity? In the curse that God placed on man was, you're going to toil, it's going to be hard, things are going to be very difficult. Then the law also brought the curse. If you don't obey, all kinds of stuff will happen. Sickness, lack, suffering. There's a curse attached to the law. And since no one could really fulfill the law, then that means curse is on everyone. And he said Christ redeemed us from that. Hallelujah. So we are no longer under a curse once we are in Christ. But he redeemed us so that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Now, what is the blessing given to Abraham? The blessing given to Abraham can be found in Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 through 3. It goes on and on. It's in many places, but this is where he first occurred. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So there's a land called Canaan that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. That's number one blessing. I will bless you. Number two, I will make your name great. Number three, and you will be a blessing. Number four, I will bless those who bless you. That's number five. And whoever curses you, I will curse. Six. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Seven blessings there that God told Abraham. All right? Gave him blessings. So Abraham's calling came with 
a blessing. They didn't come with a curse. Came with a blessing. And the Bible is saying here, this, when God was speaking to Abraham, he had all of us in mind. And through Christ Jesus, the blessing given to Abraham might become ours. So abundance is our portion. Hallelujah. So turn to your neighbor and tell them there is more than enough. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because there is more than enough, there's no reason to be jealous, right? Someone has, I mean, there's more, it's, there's more than enough to go around. Praise the name of Jesus. So it is part of God's plan for you. And I want to assure you, if you're here, maybe things are tough, things aren't going well, and you begin to think, you know, maybe this is God's plan for me, that I just go through life struggling, making ends meet. No, that is not God's plan for you. Hallelujah. Prosperity is part of his plan for you. Amen. Number three principle, kingdom prosperity requires maturity. Prosperity is, is an inheritance that we have in Christ. It's not something we work for. It's not something we labored for. It's not something we, you know, it's something that God has decided. It is part of the inheritance of every believer. God promises to meet all your needs, exceed them. God's promise is that God promised that you're going to have abundance. But it requires maturity. Actually, enjoying it requires us to mature. And I, and I will show you from Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Galatians chapter 4 gives us this. What I'm saying is that as long as a hair is underage, it is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The hair is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set for his father. So it gives us a very powerful principle here. The maturity, the degree to which we are matured is the degree to which we enjoy our inheritance, right? He said, uh, here, uh, here is someone that is set to inherit something, all right? Someone that the father said, you are going to inherit this. And this has been going on for a long time. Even in those days, when this was written 2,000 years ago, that here, don't just receive it until they mature. All right? Even up to, up to this day, if something is willed to you until you reach the age of maturity, which in our case is 18, some countries 21, maybe some older, it says, as long as an heir is underage, right, it's not going to make any difference that he has inheritance, right? Even though he might own the whole estate, they might show him or her, you know, this is yours one day when you grow up. This is yours. Now, what is going to happen is because the child is underage, that will be handed over to a trustee, and God helps you if you don't have, if you have a dishonest trustee, right? The trustee will hold it until the child is matured. Usually in the physical is an age, all right? And the key is going to be handed over or whatever it is, the certificate, whatever it is will be handed over. Now in the spiritual, maturity is not an age, not a function of age. It is a spiritual maturity. So a lot of times, what hinders us from enjoying God's prosperity is our lack of maturity. Hallelujah. So kingdom prosperity requires maturity. Maturity is required because uh, the person must have the ability to manage the inheritance, even in the physical, right? Right? You want the person to be mature enough. You want the person to really be able to handle, to have developed some self-control, you know, to be legally responsible. And in the physical, we just pick an age. It doesn't mean people are always matured at the age of 18. I don't know how many matured 18-year-old men that you know. Uh, but that is arbitrary, right? In the spiritual, however... It's not arbitrary. It's actually measured, and God measures that. And that's why maturity is really required so that God can trust us with 
kingdom prosperity. Praise the name of Jesus. Right. In the kingdom, kingdom prosperity requires knowledge. Knowledge is important. Kingdom prosperity requires knowledge. I'm going to my fourth point now. I, I left number three already. All right, my fourth point, it requires knowledge. Knowledge is very, very critical. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If you go further, it says, Because you have rejected knowledge. That's verse 6, verse 7 rather. I also reject you as my priest. It's not just because they lack it. They lack it because they rejected it. So knowledge is critical. You know, it is it's also a function of maturity. But I, tr- I decided to treat it differently so I can emphasize this aspect. Now, in Luke chapter 16, Jesus gave us a parable in Luke chapter 16. It's called the parable of the unjust steward. And, and I will probably try to read it. If you can go there, Luke chapter 16. All right, let me try to open it here. Okay, I'm almost there now. Luke 16. I want us to go through it. It looks like we might have a few time. All right, so we'll go through it. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possession. So he called him and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Now, He was a rich man who had a manager, somebody that he assigned to manage what he has. Somebody he assigned, he will will be called a steward, all right? So he called him and asked him, what is this that I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be a manager any longer or you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I am not strong enough to dig. I am ashamed to beg. I know what what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he answered. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, make it 450. You know, he cut a deal with him, right? Uh, Are you going to pay if I can reduce that? Yes, I can, okay? Right, 450. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill. And make it 800. You know, and he went on and on. Verse 8, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly, wisely. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of light. Jesus told this parable of this guy who just uh, made an assessment of himself. He said, you know what? I'm about to lose my job. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to have a job anymore. This job is about to go. So how about let me try and take care of myself? How about let me try and do favors to all my boss's master, right? So that at least when I lose my job, they will, they will help me out. I can always go to them. Maybe one of them will hire me. Maybe I'd be a consultant for them. Maybe they would do something. Maybe I would be able to have a place to stay. You know, so he had all these very manipulative shrewdness. It's a worldly kind of shrewdness to be able to save himself. And he succeeded. And Jesus now said, you know, Jesus concluded here, he said that the people of this world, that is the worldly people, they are, more, they are wiser. They are more shrewd. In dealing, they are more, they are shrewd in using worldly means than we are shrewd in using godly means. 
Did you get that now? That is, the children of this world, they master worldly means, corny means. Now, we can do corny stuff. Some of us do. But the problem is we don't even master doing godly stuff. And I think that's why we, that's why we are caught in between. And in between is not always good. Right? People who are caught in between are people who suffer the most. Right? And that is the story of many of us. We are caught in between. We are not able to go to the extent in using worldly means. You can't beat the word in their game. Right? You can't. You can't do dirty stuff, dirty trick, destroy the other person, undermine your, you know, undermine your boss, undermine their business. That's how the world, that's how people get, you know, that's how people get ahead in the world, right? Undermine, do this, this corniness, do whatever they needed to do, and all of a sudden they are doing fine, right? Beat the system now. But the children of the light, the children of the kingdom, they can do it. Even if, you see, if they start at some point, their conscience will say, you know what, I can't go this far. I can't pray anymore if I do this. So we're not able to go that far, but we're also not shrewd in using the godly wisdom. And I think that's, that's the problem. So we must pursue, first of all, knowledge. Uh, knowledge of how things work, how God works. You know, knowledge of how, you know, God operates. We must. We must learn from his word. What what does he have to say? We must learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit. And that's very, very important. I believe the Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can know. The reason why the Holy Spirit is given is so that we can have knowledge. One of the primary reasons why we have the Holy Spirit is for knowledge. Knowledge that we cannot normally obtained by our intellect. All right? So it's important. It requires knowledge. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. And this is, this still goes on, by the way. Many of us, we don't show interest in things that, that, that involves activity that involves acquisition of knowledge. Each time we put things together here, I'm amazed how much people don't show up. You know, we've done financial conferences or seminars, things, uh, you know, business seminars, how to, how, to, how to invest in the marketplace. Very few people show up, right? They are working, they are resting, but you want to prosper. It doesn't work that way. No, you know, prosperity requires knowledge, you know, we, our attitude to knowledge is very, very important. We must be critical. As believers, it, it, I think we should actually be the most knowledgeable people. We should be knowledgeable about, first of all, what God says and about, about our environment. What is going on here? You know, what is, you know, about money issues. Many of us don't even want to know. You see, money does not respect people who don't respect it. People who don't think about it, who don't care how it works, how does money multiply, how does it come, you know, how is it invested, you know, how does taxes work. I mean, all these things, a lot of us just don't care. Oh, I'm a nurse, why do I care? I thought that's why you went to become a nurse, so you can make some money. You know, so we should be people of knowledge. We should be people who really understand what is going on around around us. We should not be people who who just say, you know what, I just pray money will come. It doesn't come that way, all right? Knowledge is important. I I will take you back to Hosea chapter 4. He said, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. They are not destroyed from the devil. The devil can't destroy a child of God. But a child of God can be destroyed from what? Lack of knowledge. Child of God can be destroyed. Lack of knowledge. Especially when we are uninterested in knowledge. We reject it. 
we just don't, we're not, we're not showing interest. So we shouldn't be clueless people. We should be people who are interested in our environment, interested in what is going on, interested in how money works, interested in how it is spent, interested in how people operate, so that we money respect people will show some respect to it. All right? That is very important. And uh, I pray that we will learn this in Jesus' name. If I ask how many of us now, how many of us have really read any book about prosperity, about understanding money? Many of us have not. Now, we go to work every day. We are struggling. We have got two, three jobs. But we don't understand that just a little wisdom, just a little knowledge can increase you. Sometimes even in our field of work, just a little knowing more about what is going on can increase many of us significantly. All right? Working hard is different from working smart. All right? Just a little bit of knowledge, just a little bit of what is going on. And some of these things, is just it, they come because we are curious. Many of us, we have career. We don't even subscribe to any magazines around our career. You know, what are, you know that, that shows curiosity. What are magazines out there? What are, you know, what are things out there? What are people saying out there? What is going out there? What is, it's very important. Many of us are uninterested. But as believers, as kingdom people, and that's why we call, it, we call this kingdom prosperity. As kingdom people, kingdom people must be really interested. We must be kingdom-minded. That means we are not narrow-minded. All right? I'm not just, I'm not just narrow. I'm, I, I, I'm interested in what is going on in the world, what is going on around me. You know, and it is only when we are interested that we can influence it. You see, what is going on in the education sector? What is going on in the financial sector? Many of us could care less. And I want to challenge you today, let's begin to care. I think when we care, God will begin to give us inroads. I think when we show interest, God will begin to give us influence. We can be influencing things we're not interested in. Right? We can be giving Spiritual responsibility, which is influence, for things we, care, we don't care about. Many of us hear about trade war to China. You could care less. What does that even mean? Oh, Trump and China, I just want to walk and go to work. No, this, we should think bigger than that. We should, as believers, we should understand that. What are the implications of that? And you're like, really? Yes, we are kingdom people. You see, we have been giving... You know, we have been giving influence over that. You know, when we, when, we, when we care about that, we can even pray about them. Some of these things even requires us to pray, to speak into it. But how can you speak into what you don't even understand? You know, so we should really be people who are curious, people who are interested in more than what is going on in our house. We are ambassadors. Just imagine... The president sent an ambassador to another country, and they are there. All they care is what is going on in their house. That ambassador will be recalled very soon, right? The reason why an ambassador is sent somewhere is to improve relationship, actually more to be able to get an advantage over that nation, right? To understand how it works, to understand how my country that I represent can get an advantage. As a believer, I am called an ambassador. You're an ambassador, for example, to where you walk. You should understand what is going Who are the movers and shakers? What is going on in your industry? You're an ambassador there. What is going on in the world? What is going on in our politics? You're an ambassador. All right? So we can influence them. So it requires knowledge. Number five, kingdom prosperity requires diligence. Diligence prepares you for the opportunities that come your way. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with 
all your might. For in the realm of the dead, where you're going, there is neither walking nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. So, there, so whatever your hands find doing now, do it well with all your might. Colossians 3.23 almost repeats the same way. Whatever you do, work at it with all your art as working for the Lord, not for human masters. See, many of us walk as if we are working for human masters. As believers, we should be the most hardworking people wherever we walk. People should know us that we don't joke, we don't play around, we don't go there late, you know, and try to forge the time we get there. You know, we don't look at the time and try to run out. You know, how many of us have that attitude? Look, people who have that attitude don't do very well. That's the fact. If your attitude is, oh, you know, then if you don't like that work, then go and do something you love. Go and do something you love. You shouldn't be somebody that is trying to figure out how to leave five minutes before time. That's laziness. That's laziness. Go do, do whatever your hands find to do. Whatever you do now. You know why? Because your attitude should be, I am doing this for the Lord. Not for your human masters. Because God will reward you. In fact, your current employer might not be the one that will reward you. Who will reward you? God will reward you. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine says, Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Now, if you are diligent in what you do, so I want to challenge you, be diligent. Be diligent. God's grace is not to reward our laziness. God's grace is to help our weakness. All right, many, you know, many New Testament believers just, oh, yeah, me, I just want to walk a little and eat like this. Some people say, oh, yeah, I just want to be a business person so I can wake up whenever I like. Have you seen a business person who wakes up when they like, goes to bed when they like? That is probably not a successful business person. The business people I know that are successful, they live, they sleep their business. I mean, they, they can. When you are leaving work, they are just starting. That's business. I mean, and it's not work to them because they love what they do. That is successful people. All right? So if you are going to be successful financially, we need to change our work ethics. We need to change our work, work ethics. You need to be a hard worker because God rewards you. I joke with my kids once in a while. They tell me, Daddy, why are you not home? Why are you always, you know, who is even your And I tell them it's because my boss is watching me. They say, who is even your boss? I say, oh, my boss is harder than all bosses. My boss is hard to please. So I work very hard. And the problem with my boss is he doesn't sleep. That's why I'm always working. I can leave the house when I like. I, can, I don't do that because work ethics. We do this for God. So whether it's ministry, whether it's what we do, I want you to go with that attitude. And you are going to see that there will be increase. Sometimes God will allow you to go through people who don't appreciate your work, people who don't care, team members, managers. You see, you, as a believer, as a kingdom person, you got to be able to look beyond that. They are not your rewarder. God is your rewarder. And God has a way of taking care of those situations in ways that you will even be scared. Proverbs 20, 13, do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare. Don't love sleep. Don't sleep 10 hours. Don't, don't just sleep and sleep. Now, if you, if you don't care about prosperity, yes, you can sleep and sleep. If you don't care, prosperity is not just a function of pray, pray, pray. It's a function of what we are talking about today, right? 
You want to succeed. You want to increase. You want to have abundance left over. Don't love sleep. Believers should not be lazy people. I'm, a, I'm angry when I see lazy believers. The believers should not be lazy people. We will just go to work, turn on TV. You know, many of the people who produce these movies don't even have time to watch the movie. They are, they are, they are the most hardworking people. I, I just watch one of their interviews. They don't have time. They, are, they, they finish one, they're working on another. So it's important. So all you, as believers, you know all the TV shows. And you want to prosper. And you are coming to church, you are saying, Jesus, bless me. No, no, it doesn't work that way. A serious person don't, don't have much time for that. Yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch at all, but that should not be what you are consumed about. If you really care about financial prosperity, if you really care about moving ahead, every little time you have counts, you're working on investing in yourself, right? You're working on developing yourself because you are a function of the problem you solve. You are a function of the problem you solve. If you solve bigger problems, you get rewarded more. That's how God designed the world to be. So diligence is important. God's grace is to help our weakness. I want, I want you to repeat that to your neighbor. Say, God's grace is to help your weakness and not your laziness. All right? So stop hiding behind grace. And say, so, oh, God's grace will cover it. No, it doesn't cover laziness. If you have a lot of time, maybe your work doesn't, why don't you find something else to do on top of that? Why don't you find something that can, find something, do something with your life. And God will reward you. God rewards hardworking people. All right? So don't use God to be lazy. Don't use church to be lazy. And I say, oh, the reason why I don't work so much is so I can serve God. You know, you can serve God at your workplace too. You know, you're serving God when you go to work. You're serving God when you do business. You're serving God already because you're ambassadors. God needs ambassador in all those places. And you know what? I, personally, I actually have found out that busy people are the most effective people, even in church. Busy people who are busy outside of church, they're the most effective people when they come here. They know the value of time. And because they are busy, they have value. They've learned to be effective in what they do. They've learned to do things. They've, they've acquired skills in how to do, the, to do things well, do them better. If you have a lot of time, that is the time to start investing in yourself. Because when you invest on yourself, you, 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 then you can solve bigger problems, and you can move ahead in life. So it requires diligence. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to go to the, the sixth one. Kingdom prosperity requires persistence. Even our faith requires persistence. Jesus said, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. People will persist. People who are perseverant or people who persevere. Don't look for many uh, get-rich-quick uh, schemes. A lot of times people will come and present things for you. Oh, I'm way, this, you do, you can make quick money, you can do this. You think it's easy. Some of them, are, you know, obviously, they're just scamming people. Some of them, people who really make money are people who work so hard. In fact, it's, it's, they have another life. They work so hard, selling stuff, stopping strangers on the road and selling things to them. There is no quick fix. There is no get-rich-quick scheme. There's nothing like that out there. There is no, I'll start this business so that I can have a lot of time. I'll just work two hours and I'll make a lot of money. It does not exist. And don't deceive yourself thinking it exists somewhere. 
And it doesn't matter where. Whether it's in the market, you invest, you need time. Investment don't just, people who want to make it quick, they lose all their money. Oh, I'm just going to be speculating the market. Just that, 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 that. Those are the people that go and hang themselves when the market tank. <laughs> they, they start jumping off windows, killing themselves because they've lost all their fortune. Or they go and just put their money with some made off. We will make off with all their money. So it's important to know that whether you are investing in the marketplace, whether you are investing in yourself as someone that is going to you know, be a professional person, whether you are starting a business, persistence is always very important. Almost every success business story is filled with, it's a story of persistence. Amazon didn't make money for 10 years. Not one dime. 10 years. Many of, you know, many of the big companies did not make money. FedEx did not make money for several years. In fact, it was close to filing bankruptcy. And the story is very interesting. He had, I think, uh, about a few thousand dollars, 2,400 or something like that. And it was so bad that he said, you know what, I'm just going to go and gamble with this money. He went and gambled $124,000 to, to extend the company for another month to pay the, to pay the cost of wealth. Before another break came, another break came, and somehow it took off. Almost every business story has something close to that. They came close to folding, something happened. But it's a story of persistence. There is no single story, whether it's Apple, whether it's my, all of them, is a story of someone who persisted in the face of impossibility. And many of these people are unbelievers. And you see believers, oh, so quick to quit. We are quitters. And we just, oh, the Holy Spirit is telling me something to do and do something else. <laughs> it's your laziness that is telling you. It's not the Holy Spirit. Yes. They start something, it's not working out. They say, oh, I'm moving something else. No, 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 no. Persistent pace. Because God, even our faith is a story of persistence. Have you noticed that some things you, you fast and pray, fast and pray, even for something in your life, maybe you are struggling. There's sometimes you're struggling with some habit, sinful thing. You struggle, struggle, you walk, you is for years. And one day you just look back, I don't do this thing anymore. How did it happen? You never knew how it was solved. Because sometimes God tests you, are you persistent? Do you really want this? A lot of time God can solve those things like this. The first time you pray, right? The first time Daniel prayed, angel was released, right? But something stopped the angel. Angel was fighting battles, but Daniel was persistent. Daniel could have stopped that prayer in three days and said, you know what? You know, I mean, after three days of fasting and prayer, you know, if God wants to answer, he will have answered by now, right? I mean, if he doesn't want to answer, maybe let me go. We don't persist. We don't persist. We're not perseverant in prayer. We're not perseverance in study. We're not perseverance in even our work, our development. We cannot succeed that way. All right? If you want kingdom prosperity, you must persevere. And the last one I'm going to talk about is wisdom. Kingdom prosperity requires wisdom. Now, you can have all these things and not be wise. And I mean God's wisdom. You can have all the knowledge know-how, you can be diligent, you can be perseverant, but you must combine all that with godly wisdom. And the funny thing about godly wisdom is sometimes they look foolish. 1 Corinthians 1.25 says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. It is wisdom never to forget your source, for example. No matter how far you go in life, it is wisdom to stay grounded. You know, I was thinking about this, and I thought about uh, the commandment, the first commandment with a promise. Many of us know it, right? Honor your father and your... Those things are really foolish. Honor your father and your mother, right? So that you may live long. Scientifically, how does that... How does longevity connect to 
just honoring. But that's God's wisdom. That's why the Bible says the foolishness of God is wiser. You want to live long? Make sure you, with everything you do, make sure you include honoring your father and your mother. You want to increase? Be humble. That is God's wisdom. God opposes the proud. All right? And he gives grace to the humble. So no matter what you get to in life, don't think you've achieved it by your own strength. Be humble. I, I believe Psalm 90 says, teach us to number our days so that we might do what? Apply our heart to wisdom. A lot of things God calls wisdom, they are not all that when it comes to human wisdom. All right? Submission. How do you, how do you, you know, submission to one another in marriage? It's not, it's not wise. It's not, you know, submission to someone looks like, are you kidding me? No, I gotta, I mean, I gotta, I mean, <laughs> you know, submit to your husband, I mean, all this, this, that's not how life works. And that's what, what I hear people say all the time. They say, oh, pastor, that's not, those submission things, oh, that's for, that's in the olden days. And that's why you are messed up. That's why many people are messed up. Those simple wisdom. So, some wisdom, some things are just a func- they are functions of God's wisdom. You might not understand it, but you, you must respect it. Praise the name of Jesus. So, prosperity requires godly wisdom. And I pray that these principles will help you, will challenge you, and as you apply them, trust me, you will see prosperity. You will see increase. Now, Increase, you know, they come gradually, they come incrementally, and the reason why they come incrementally in life is because God designed it so that we have the ability to manage them. Most people can really, you know, it's harder to manage wealth than to manage poverty. Most people are so good at being poor. It's, it's, it's true. But most, most people are better Christians when they are poor. I mean, they, I mean, they are humble. They, are, they come to church early. They are, they are so serious in their prayer life. They are studying the Bible, uh, evangelism. Or they are, I mean, that's because they are poor. When they are rich, so God sometimes just keep the leash on them. Say, if this guy gets... I can't control him anymore. I mean, if this guy gets some money. So it's important to know that sometimes it's harder to manage wealth. And in the real life, that's why and this, you all know this. People who win lotteries, that's why they don't last. Because really, people who last are people who they grow along with their money, Right? Because along with money is the complexity of managing it, right? Complexity of relating with people. Complexity of understanding taxes. Complexity of understanding how to manage it, how to invest it, how to protect it. How all these things, they, 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 you can't do like this and get them, right? So people just win millions. They just go to town. They are excited. In five years, they've lost it. They are sued left, right, and center. They are throwing parties unprotected. They don't understand that if you are rich, you must be insured. You lose it, right? They don't understand that they have simple things you invest that tax consequences. So people who is, is much more difficult having money than you think. Many of us, the fact is we really can't stand being blessed. And that's why we must work on ourselves, right? That's why true prosperity comes gradually. And people who are able to maintain it, they rise with the occasion, right? They rise with the occasion. Now, we move from uh, uh, the last building we used to be. Thankfully, we have mastered how to manage that, right? We had a smaller building, 6,000 square foot of space. We learned how to manage that building. And we did a wonderful job, right? Manage it well, kept it, did well. Look how God blessed us with this. Now, imagine God blessed us with a building 10 times this. Most likely, it will be, it will be hard, right? 
And now we are able to manage this. If God blesses us with something five times this, we'll be able to. Because that's how God works. Sometimes when people just suddenly come to something, come to fame, come to something they are not prepared for, he ends up destroying them. My prayer is that your prosperity will not destroy you in Jesus' name. But you will be prepared for it. The best thing is when opportunity meets what? Preparation. And that's, what, that's the best deal in life, when you prepare yourself. So many of us, even if you're not rich now, you don't have a lot of money now. You're not the top 1%. How about start learning what the top 1% do? I mean, instead of just bashing them, you watch TV, oh, all these rich people. People who talk like that never become rich. You hate all the rich people, you see them, and say, oh, those are the people that make us poor. They did not make you poor. Do you know that if we collect all the money in America today and divide it by 350 million and give it to everybody equally, you know in five years we'll be back to where we are today. People who are smart, people who know, they'll find a way of getting all that money to themselves. The rest of the people will spend it, they'll buy things, and the money will end up where they are. It is true. And that is why it is, it is a function of you. You must start investing in yourself. You must start preparing. If you are, that's what, even if you are single, don't say, oh, what's, what's my business with marriage conference? What's my business with... You must start preparing yourself because it will come like this, right? Let's start preparing ourselves for the future we are looking for. Can we bow down our heads and pray? Let's just ask that God will help us. Help us to be lovers of knowledge, lovers of wisdom. Help us to be people who will embrace his principles, not people who just live carelessly. God will count us worthy of his kingdom prosperity. That's very important. God will be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us so that his ways may be known on earth. Father, count us worthy. Teach us, train us whatever you need to do so we, we can be qualified, we can be worthy, we can be matured, we can be people who have knowledge, understanding, wisdom, diligent. And so we are qualified to be vessels that you will use. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen.